Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, Making Your World Better. Well, with the growth of social impact among for-profit companies, many nonprofit leaders are beginning to wonder, are these social impact companies directly competing with the nonprofit sector? I mean, can we both survive in this world where fundraising is increasingly challenging and a whole new generation of donors are viewing nonprofits from a different and new perspective? Well, my guest today is Lindsay Knuven. She serves as the head of social impact for Pluralsight. Pluralsight is a technology learning platform company that offers a variety of video training courses for software developers, IT administrators, and creative professionals through its website. Knuven will lead the company's philanthropic initiatives, and she has demonstrated success leading teams with a variety of organizations. In fact, most recently, she was the chief impact officer at Cotopaxi, where she developed and led the organization's philanthropic strategy. So today, Lindsay will speak to the issue of how social impact companies and the nonprofit sector can collaborate to address society's biggest challenges. Enjoy today's show. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for being on the show today. You've got a very interesting perspective, and I'm very glad to have my listeners hear you uh, from your perspective. And so let's jump into the first question. Some people are calling the social entrepreneurship the new business model. According to a recent article in Forbes magazine, uh, it says this, Today's young people are as concerned with making a positive impact on the world as they are with making money. A whopping 94% want to use their skills to benefit a cause. Um, in your role as head of social impact for Pluralsight, do you agree with this, that this is the new business model? Why or why not? Yeah, thanks, Rob, and thank you for having me. Um, I, I absolutely agree. I think we've seen this massive shift, not only in um, employee demand around purpose-driven opportunities and purpose-driven workplaces, but we're also seeing that there's an evolution in, in the very structure of business that's um, been pioneered by a number of entrepreneurs and, you know, leaders like Richard Branson and Mohamed Yunus and Mark Benioff and others have really been pushing for this new um, new model, which is deeply integrated and is combining purpose alongside more traditional business metrics. Um, you know, I think the, the intention is that the public sector can't solve these global challenges that we have independently, and we really need the private sector to be engaged and um, engaged in a very deep and strategic way so that we all can lift one another and contribute to this global community. Well, and tell us more about your role and responsibilities. What does a head of social impact do exactly? It's a great question, and it's it's certainly a role that is emerging. You know, I, I don't know how many of us there are, um, but this is a space that is fast evolving. And um, so in my role, I'm responsible for the full spectrum of philanthropic activities and strategies that the Pluralsight has. Um, this takes a lot of different forms. You know, we are working across 
a number of different pillars of Pledge 1%, which may be a model familiar to your, your listeners. Um, Pluralsight has committed to Pledge 1% across time, product, equity, and profit. And so we have initiatives and strategies tied to each of those pillars. Um, you know, so I'm responsible for the way that we activate our employees and engage our team, our learners, our community in, in volunteerism, particularly skills-based volunteerism. I'm responsible for uh, building strategies tied to our, our giving. So over time, you know, as we start to deploy more, more, um, more cash uh, and invest for impact, those, uh, that, that work all requires, you know, strategy, management, oversight, partnership development, all that kind of stuff. And then we also have the use of Pluralsight's product and platform um, in the social sector. So we are in the process of doing a needs assessment tied to that and developing a product offering for nonprofits globally. So there are a number of different aspects of the role. Often um, a, a head of social impact will also uh, have oversight into sustainability issues. That's something that we haven't embarked upon quite yet here at Plural Site, but will likely fold in soon. Um, and then, you know, a number of other responsibilities tied to internal and external education about the role that that companies can play in the social impact space. Now, before coming to Pluralsight, you were the chief impact officer at Cotopaxi. Um, how does that role compare to your new role with Pluralsight? You know, it's very similar in some ways and also quite different. The the ultimate intent is the same, you know, to drive um, significant social outcomes by leveraging all the assets of a business and including human capital and, and resources and product and everything. So the intention is the same and the focus. The the difference is that Cotopaxi is a product-based company. So um, you know, some of the levers that they have are different. They also have a significant uh, event series called the Questival. So there is a very different community engagement model that's unlocked by, by that um, event series. They also have a significant emphasis on supply chain um, because they are product-based. So there are elements that are curated based on the model that a company has, and your work is influenced by those different aspects of a, of a company's formation. At Pluralsight, the combination of technology and education and philanthropy is incredibly powerful and enables us to scale very rapidly. So we are focused on, um, at the moment, building a product offering that can really overlay the value of Pluralsight's product and content and technology and make that accessible to nonprofits uh, for internal capacity building as well as the beneficiaries that they serve. So the mechanisms for giving and engaging in, in social impact are different, but the ultimate goal is really quite well, a lot of my listeners are typically used to hearing just about nonprofit organizations, and you've got a very unique angle from a for-profit um, you know, perspective. Give us some examples of how um, you have this integrated social impact model that Pluralsight you know, applies. Um, how does it contribute both to the success of your company economically and in terms of impact? Sure. This is the beauty of this new embedded model, you know, to have a company that... Um, is aligning its 
its outcomes on the social side with those on the financial side. You have seen more and more over time that these two are complementary. Um, there have been studies that show that there is increased employee retention, uh, increased ability to attract and retain top talent. You have um, the ability to differentiate yourself from other companies or, or with vendors and partners. Um, so there's certainly quantifiable business value to having an integrated mission-oriented company. Um, but at the same time, we're seeing more now than ever that um, consumers and, and others in the space are in really holding companies to a higher standard of accountability. So they want to see not just that you have a cause and that you're tied to something that is purposeful in nature, but really that you're driving for outcomes um, rather than outputs, that you have systems in place to track those those changes, that you have a model and a strategy that's really based on needs and is providing relevant solutions to the population you're endeavoring to serve. So there is accountability that I think is really, it's a great moment in time for social impact and for this corporate evolution. You know, we want to see the best practices from the nonprofit sector translating into the philanthropic work that's happening within the private sector. So I think the two are, are sort of complementary. Um, but we certainly see true business value, you know, uh, employee morale is heightened. You have people who can combine their passion with their skills and do that at work in a way that not only makes the product stronger and more inclusive, but, you know, also enables them to really thrive in their role and become um, an empowered individual philanthropist within their own role. Um, and at the same time, as you have people in the interacting in this way within a, a company, the value that's added to the nonprofit sector is significantly higher. You start to see more empathy for needs. You start to see less prescriptive giving. Um, so employees that are more connected to the issues that they're endeavoring to solve, and they are co-creating solutions. Um, I think that's one of the particular beauties of Carl Seitz's model. Um, the product is is built through human-centered design, and our whole team operates with that mindset. So it translates really nicely to interacting with the nonprofit sector and ensuring that, you know, humans and needs are always at the center of of the solutions that we're working to build. That's very interesting, and, and I know you've done this for quite a while now, um, and you've already kind of touched on it in your previous answer there, uh, but maybe go to the next level of, uh, based on your experience, what kind of data points and discoveries are you finding regarding this integrated social impact model um, when it comes to the private sector and how that impacts directly the nonprofit sector? Yeah, it's an interesting question, and I would, I would go back to your earlier question about the difference between Codepaxi and Funnel Site. You know, these data points tend to be different by company. Um, so when you have your social impact model based on the different levers that you have to pull and the different mechanisms of giving that you're able to execute them, um, you are measuring progress in different ways. So for us, uh, related to the product, we're building that whole framework now. But just for some examples, you know, we're looking at outputs like how many nonprofits and how many of their beneficiaries are engaging with the platform 
um, what's the usage like, what, uh, which content are they, they diving deepest into, and then we also look at learning outcomes. So we want to see change over time, and we want to ensure that that, that education is sticky. You know, it's, it's not just about access to content, it's really about change in proficiency over time and job readiness and um, things like that. So we're looking at a, a pretty long time horizon for impact, and um, we have a full logic model that has been built out to really track all of the different activities tied to each of our pledge 1% pillars, uh, using that as sort of a, a framework and a model for us to, to drive shared language around this. And then based on that, we um, outline all of the activities, all of the outputs that we want to track, short-term, mid-term, long-term outcomes. And that helps us ensure that if we're not seeing those outcomes at certain milestones, we're able to go back and, and sort of tweak the activities. So it's an iterative process and it's constant. It's something, logic models are also something that, that are used with throughout the nonprofit sector. So one of the opportunities that I think we have um, now within the private sector is to really collaborate with those in the nonprofit sector and um, share our information so that we can really understand and attribute change over time. We want to see that the things that we are doing, the activities and the the inputs, um, you know, the, the ways that we're contributing to our our goals. Um, are actually driving outcomes. So to collaborate with the nonprofit sector and, and track progress over time is an opportunity, I think, now that is stronger than ever through technology. So um, as far as specific data points, you know, there are certainly um, data points tied to the workplace side of the equation, you know, related to retention, acquisition, things like that. But um, on the on the social impact side, the things we're tracking are really outputs and outcomes tied to our infusion of different types of resources into the nonprofit sector. So we're looking at, of course, on the product side, the outputs and outputs I mentioned. We're looking at um, tracking time, so the value of our employees' time, whether it's through direct service or through skills-based volunteerism. And we're able to quantify that and assess the the value to nonprofit organizations that we're serving, um, and you know, really tracking metrics across all aspects of our work. So, one of the biggest challenges at this stage is, you know, as we're building a social impact program, is to build that whole framework and identify all of those different metrics and put in place the platforms and systems needed to really give ourselves visibility into um, the outcomes of what we're doing and then also set the stage for transparency so that our community can really understand how we're giving, why we're doing it that way, and what it's driving. Well, and it's really interesting to see the rise, if you will, of more social impact models like what you're doing at Pluralsight, just uh, in terms of nonprofits. In other words, do you feel like nonprofits uh, perhaps are being less effective and therefore more companies, more for-profit organizations are providing the social impact model? Or do you really see them being able to dovetail together in order to you know, meet some of these big needs that we have in our communities and our world? Um, how do you see that playing out, say, in the next five to ten years? Absolutely. I think collaboration is essential. You know, I've worked in the nonprofit space as well, and I certainly 
have great respect for for those who work in that sector. You know, you often have to be incredibly scrappy and um, resourceful. We, I am hoping that through the um, this emergence in the private sector and integrated philanthropy evolving, that we start to see donor behavior also um, evolving to to meet the needs of the nonprofit sector. Um, I think in the past there was more of a a donor beneficiary mindset, and now as we evolve more into this partnership and co-creation model, um, it's a great opportunity for nonprofits to really surface their needs and um, make a case for unrestricted funding or talk about how they've, which indicators they're focused on and why, and um, really demonstrate their expertise and guide donor engagement. Um, you know, I don't think that the private sector certainly could replace the social sector, but I do think that right now, you know, just giving the refugee crisis as an example, we're up against some global challenges that are massive in scale, and no one organization can tackle them alone. So I think, you know, for for us to be sort of in this all-hands-on-deck mindset and um, really engaging the incredible resources that we have today within the private sector, whether it's technology or products or, or skills or whatever it may be, um, and starting to really apply those to a different context, I think will make companies stronger, their products stronger, their people more fulfilled and happy, but also will will help empower the nonprofits to really scale their 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 models and their um, their efforts. So I see it as complementary. I think you know when you ask about five ten years, um, I see this hybrid space becoming more and more blurry. You know, no longer do you have the traditional nonprofit model. You have more and more social enterprises, which have blended revenue models. You have more and more companies that also have embedded social enterprises, or they have um, a heavy emphasis on, you know, nonprofit initiatives. So they're starting to be more and more blur. And I hope that in the future, you know, we see every university really teaching MBAs, how to be practitioners in social impact, that we see this becoming a field of study so that as people, as entrepreneurs start businesses, whether they are with social purpose or for revenue generating purpose, you know, that that the impact of a business on the world is central to that thinking. And we start to see every business really becoming um, a strategic social enterprise. Oh, that's really interesting, and I think the you know the co-creation is certainly a new um, perspective that people are coming to, particularly when it comes to donor and nonprofit uh, relationship. Is it people have just realized the results are better, or is this truly a generational shift? I think it's a combination of factors. You know, I think the millennial population has demanded purpose-driven work more than more than we've seen in the past. It's always been something that has been expressed, um, but now you're seeing people choose to work for a company that may pay less because they have a stronger purpose. Um, and so this behavior is starting to shift the the recruiting strategies of companies, but also their structure in general. They need to demonstrate their social value, and they need to do that 
um, just as strategically and with just as much rigor as they would their traditional business models. So I think the, you know, the millennial population in particular is really pushing um, companies to think this way, but you also have companies that have engaged in philanthropic activity for decades. And so some of this has been a learning journey. You know, there, there have been um, companies recognizing the opportunity to strengthen their impact um, because now we have technology solutions that enable more transparency, more visibility, more outcomes, measurement, and valuation. We have all of these systems in place. That's great. Um, you know, in light of this growing momentum of social impact models that you've mentioned, particularly the corporate giving space, do you think now, because of that, should traditional nonprofits change their fundraising strategy and evolve in how they approach donor engagement? Yeah, it's a great question. I, you know, this is, it has some regional nuances. Donor behavior is, is different in different places. And actually in Utah, for those who are interested, we recently um, launched a report called The Giving State, um, which focuses on donor and nonprofit behavior, challenges, opportunities um, across the state. It's the first statewide report. And there are some really interesting findings surfaced there. One, as you asked, is, is around the fundraising strategy and evolution. And really now, more than ever, um, we are seeing the push both from donors and just from the environment uh, for nonprofits to have more differentiated funding streams. Um, they, there are a number of reasons for this that, you know, when you see things like federal funding cuts that may impact the nonprofit space or certain populations within uh, vulnerable populations served by the nonprofit community. Um, really, these organizations can be highly vulnerable to change. And so in order to see sustainability and, and to ensure that um, organizations are equipped to thrive in a way that, that can withstand these changes, um, we do look more and more for blended funding models. And so whether that is a revenue generating stream or it is a um, diversified donor pool, you know, across government grants and private foundation grants and individual contributions, you really do want to see that diversification. You know, you've already mentioned that you foresee in the next five to 10 years, you know, both the private sector and the nonprofit sector working together, uh, moving towards, you know, um, uh, common solutions, because some of the issues that we're facing in the world, particularly, are just so large. And I like that. I think you're absolutely right that collaboration is going to be the key moving forward. Um, if you kind of look at your crystal ball again, what do you think is the long term impact for social entrepreneurs and nonprofit leaders if they're able to both learn from and apply the principles of what you are doing in and through Pluralsight? Sure. So one of the things I, I love about what we're building here is that we're building an embedded social enterprise. So, you know, the goal is that we are enabling longevity and building um, our capacity to give by generating revenue to sustain our social impact work. Um, and that's necessary, you know, for us. We We don't want to be dependent on um, sort of gifts from from the company over time. Uh, we have had incredible seed contributions, and, and that is something that will really catapult us and enable us to grow. 
but we also want to ensure that the that ProSites model is built for the future and that we have um, a model that can grow exponentially and achieve exponential impact. Uh, so I think, you know, for us, it's, it's going to be a journey and we're building something that is not only um, incredibly exciting, but also complex. We want to take advantage of our directed discovery product design and development framework um, and combine that with needs assessment best practices within the social sector um, and really demonstrate the power of of building product offerings for the nonprofit community in response to identified needs. So I think this is a great opportunity for us to share what we've learned, to share this journey, to share our practices, um, and help other companies see the value of of really diving deep into the needs, the challenges, the the local context, and then and then understanding how that maps against your company's product, your expertise, your your value proposition. Um, so that's something on the product side. I think we can add huge value around uh, both for nonprofits and for companies. I, I find it quite disruptive, um, and it's hopefully you know, um, it gives us the ability to present highly relevant and high-impact uh, offerings that we can continue to iterate against. My guest today is Lindsay Knuven. She is the head of social impact for Pluralsight. Uh, Lindsay, how can people get a hold of you or find out a little bit more about Pluralsight if they're interested? Oh, I would send them to pluralsight1.org. We have a website there. The website's fast evolving, so please Check back frequently. We also have a link there if you are a nonprofit and you'd like to tell us about your needs uh, and the way that Pluralsight can add value to your your work. Um, please complete the survey there. We are launching a pilot at this very moment. So um, if you provide your feedback there, we can start to roll you into a pilot program and get your feedback on our product use for your organization. I'm also on LinkedIn and um you know, I I think my LinkedIn profile is probably the best place to get in touch with me. Sounds good. Well, you've given us a lot to think about. And again, I love your approach to this collaboration. I've had many people on the show to talk about how both the private sector and, again, the nonprofit sector do need to work together. And particularly with this emerging field, if you will, in the for-profit world of the social impact model, hiring more people like yourself as chief impact officers, um, that is becoming much more of a trend. And I think it's just something we need to continue to have these dialogues about because there are large issues out there that we need to address. And I think we need to come together. And I would even throw in government agencies as well that together we can have a more collective impact if we all work together in collaboration. So thank you for your insights. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate you being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you are wondering how to find out where we are, check us out on iTunes by typing Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help us expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as we can. You can also go online to listen to this podcast, either nonprofitleadershippodcast.org or my website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep making your world better.